the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nothing can take your name out of the book of life unless you take God's word out of your life. That's the only way it can happen. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Well, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I entitled this message, Proclaiming Truth. Yes, as Christians, we're all called to proclaim the truth. To proclaim in the dictionary simply means to announce something officially. Now, God has called those of us who believe in him to be bearers of his message of truth. For many today are in such need and in search of truth. Yet before we can find the truth, one must know, well, what is truth? You know, what are they really looking for? You know, now Jesus defined truth like this in John 17, 17. He says, sanctify, which is just a way of saying, be set apart in the truth. Thy word is truth. So Jesus cuts through all the garbage and says, here's truth. The word of God is truth. That's what truth is. So Jesus established that fact, that God's word is truth. And as we, as his followers, we are to proclaim the message of truth to the world that we live in. And this shouldn't be a foreign thought to us, for there are those in the world today that proclaim many things. Listen to some of these bizarre proclamations that people have made through time. This one general, John Sedwick, he was a Union commander in the Civil War. He stood up when the enemy was across an open field, and he proclaimed that he was not in harm's way. He said this, quote, they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. Well, maybe some of the Confederates couldn't hit an elephant at that distance, but they hit him because that was the last thing he said. He got hit and he died. <laughs> and so, so much for that proclamation. How about this proclamation? The head of Decca Recording Company, this was a record company back in 1962, he rejected the Beatles' music. And he proclaimed this, quote, that the Beatles' sound... And the guitar music is on its way out. That's what he said. Yeah, he thought guitar music was on its way out. And the Beatles were nothing. What did he think was coming in? The kazoo or something? You know, I don't know. Yes, people can proclaim crazy things. Like White Line Shipping Company, that's the builder of the Titanic. They proclaimed, quote, not even God can sink this ship. And as you know... 
the Titanic sunk on its maiden voyage. And last but not least, Frederick Nietzsche, a genius who turned to philosophy, he proclaimed, God is dead. Well, I for one know that that is absolutely false for a I talk to God today, okay? Talk to him a few times. Well, as Nietzsche grew older, not only did he have an increasing health problems, but he also exhibited symptoms of insanity. He died in 1900. And it's too bad that he spent his life proclaiming that God was dead. He should have lived his life proclaiming that God was alive, for that would have saved him from himself. Yes, what is life? devoid of God. What is life with no God in it, without a relationship with our Creator? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, he says, for what will a man or a woman be profited if they gain the whole world, everything you could ever dream of, but yet you forfeit or lose your own soul? Or what is a man or a woman, what would you give in exchange for your soul? I mean, people on the deathbed would give everything they had for a little bit more time. It's like you, you, gain, you go through your life, you gain as many possessions as you can, and then when you die, it's just you don't take anything with you. There's no U-Hauls behind a hearse pulling your coffin. It's like it's just not going to happen. It's like what would you give in exchange for your soul? Consider Michael Jackson, one of the most famous people who ever lived on planet Earth. Yet listen to what he said, quote, I go around the world dealing with running and hiding. I can't take a walk in the park. I can't go to the store. I have to hide in a room. You feel like you're in prison. See, because his fame made him so popular, he couldn't do any of these things, and he hated it. If he would never have had massive success in show business, in music, there's a good chance that Michael Jackson would still be alive today, living a normal life. Yes, there's a lot of people like Michael Jackson in the world today, filled with dissatisfaction in this life. Well, tonight, we will see why it is so important to proclaim the life-changing message of the cross in our present culture to those that are in need of finding the true meaning of life. Let's look at our first point, speaking truth, as we read 1 Corinthians 14.1. He says... Purpose, love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Verse 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you? Unless I speak to you either by the way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching, yet even lifeless things, even flute or harp in producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or the harp? For if a bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? Verse 9. 
So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. Well, we'll stop there. Wow. So, you know, the Apostle Paul didn't have favorable words for this gift of speaking in tongues, this heavenly language. But he's going to explain it all now so that we can understand the true meaning of speaking in tongues. Now, notice the very first thing spoken in verse 1 before going into the, any of the gifts is pursue love. You have to remember, man put into chapter breaks, and we're just coming out of chapter 13, which is the love chapter. So he's just going to drive that point home one more time. Listen, pursue love always reaching out everything we do from the motive of love our love for the lord and reaching out to people with his love meaning don't look to exalt yourself don't look to be more spiritual than the next person around you but rather love one another meaning put the needs of those around us over the needs of ourselves then we'll be able to move in the gifts that god desires to give to us Yes, for right after he says pursue love, he says earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We should desire spiritual gifts. I mean, if God's going to give us some insight on things, things that are beyond us, it's like, why wouldn't we want to not desire to have the gifts that God would have for us? The word desire in the original language means to be zealous for them. It's in such a strong sense that in the New American Standard Bible, it includes the word earnestly desire just to emphasize that point of how bad we should desire to be used by God with the gifts that he wants it is such a blessing to realize that God is laying a gift on you at a particular moment there's been times I've been ministering to people, complete strangers, met them on the street, witnessing to someone at the promenade or maybe out on Santa Monica Pier, and all of a sudden, I'm talking to this person, and the Lord will give me insight, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge about that person, and I'll just spring it on them right at that moment, and they're just like, whoa, like, how did you know that? I go, well, the Lord just, I just sense that the Lord was telling me that this is what's going on in your life right now. And I mean, all of a sudden, that person, now eyes are wide open and ears are wide open. They're ready to listen to everything that I have to say. Why? Why did God allow that to happen like that? Because God wanted to shake this person up. Remember Nathaniel? Remember, it was Andrew that went and got Nathaniel. He wanted to bring him to Jesus. And uh, uh, or was that Philip that went and got him? One of the two. <laughs> but anyway, but Nathaniel was by a tree. And he says, hey, come. We, gotta, we found Jesus. He's the Messiah. You know, it's like, yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He said, well, come and see. Come and see for yourself. So he came and see. And then all of a sudden, Jesus said, well, you know, Nathaniel, here's a man with no guile in his heart. And he's like, well, how do you know me? And he goes, I seen you by the tree, the fig tree. You know, before you came, he goes, oh, my Lord, my God, my, you know, you must be the Christ. He goes, what, because I told you you were by the fig tree? <laughs> it's like God knows everything about us. But those little words of wisdom, those little things, it grabs a hold of people. And so there's times when you're a willing vessel 
when you're willing to be used by God, that God might just lay something on your heart. I mean, there is times that I've just gone in and, you know, been around someone that maybe I've seen a lot. Maybe it's someone I used to work with or whatever, or maybe it's someone you see at the grocery store all the time. And all of a sudden, the Lord just lays them on your heart. Has that ever happened to you? Where all of a sudden, someone, you've got a burden for someone all of a sudden? Maybe you text them. Maybe you call them. Maybe it's like, oh my goodness, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm just trying to connect with you today. The Lord really put you on my heart today. And they say, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Well, this is what just happened to me. See, the Lord gave you insight. He gave you some kind of word of wisdom or word of knowledge on that person. That's God that's doing that because God wants to reach that other person or what have you. But then the Apostle Paul shifts gear and he focuses on two gifts in particular. The first being the gift of prophecy. Now, most of us, when we think of prophecy, don't we think of the foretelling of the future? Oh, prophecy, what's going to happen here in the future? Predicting what will happen in the future. But that's not what this word means in the context. In the context here, in the original Greek, this word means to speak forth divine inspiration. A lot different than what we think of when we first think of prophecy, right? But that's what this word in the original Greek means, to speak forth divine inspiration. So the gift of prophecy is what? It's speaking forth divine inspiration. Obviously, the only divine inspiration is what? The truth. That's right. The word of God. It's the word of God. Therefore, to prophesy is to proclaim God's truth. That's what it means here. To prophesy is to proclaim God's truth. This is so abused today by those claiming to be prophets and prophetesses. It's like, oh, I'm a modern day prophet. And they start coming off all this strange and bizarre stuff. Wait a second. If you're a modern day prophet and you're here to prophesy, you should be a man or a woman of God that is here to bring the truth of God's word. That's what it should truly mean. But there's those that go around and they supposedly speak speak blessings on people. And let me tell you about your future, brother. You know, God is going to, you know, all of this stuff is like, uh, hold on. You don't understand what the word is saying there. You're trying to predict future events on people. This is simply and totally unbiblical. To prophesy means to proclaim God's truth, not to be a Christianized psychic or some church fortune teller. We are to be taught the word of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, Seeing that his, God's divine power, has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through what? The true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and his excellence. And where is that knowledge found? The Bible, the truth. Revelation Chapter 22 at the end of the Bible says this, Do not add to his words, nor take away from his words. Because if you add to the word of God, he says that he will add the plagues that are written in this book into your life, which is not a good thing. You don't want the plagues of God in your life. So he says, do not add to the word of God. And he says, do not take away from his words. Because if you take away from the word of God, like, you know, I don't want to say that right here because it's not going to go over well. 
I don't want to speak that on my social platform because I'll get blasted by everyone. So let me just, you know, take away from God's word. He says, if you take away from my word, I will take your name out of the book of life. Wow. Nothing can take your name out of the book of life unless you take God's word out of your life. That's the only way it can happen. So here in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, Paul compares prophecy, that is the proclaiming of God's truth, with the most misused gift of all the gifts, and that's the gift of tongues. Some say, well, we first saw this gift on the day of Pentecost. And I say, not exactly true. No. For that's when the Holy Spirit of God came upon men, yes. And how did he come? In a violent rushing wind with tongues of fire. So all of a sudden, people automatically think, well, that was the gift of tongues. Hold on. Acts 2.3 says this. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So as you know, when Jesus first rose again from the dead, he met with his disciples and he filled them with the Holy Spirit right on the spot. Remember in the upper room, he said, be filled with the Spirit. (sighs) So they were filled with the Holy Spirit right there. But now people were praying and the Holy Spirit was going to come upon what we would know as pretty much all believers. But here in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit, when he did come upon everyone, they began to speak, it says, in other tongues. Yet, hold on. In this case, it was another language so that all the foreigners there, because there was like 17 different speaking nationalities there, all the believers were speaking the gospel message in all of these people's language. Because he says it like four times there in the chapter. If you read through the chapter, everyone was hearing the truth, the message in their own language. So it, you know, this right here, they were speaking in another tongue, but this was not the gift of tongues like what we're talking about here in chapter 14. This was a gift of other foreign languages. So really what we have here, all these foreigners could hear the gospel in their own language. So on the day of Pentecost, God used these tongues to preach the gospel to all these other people by Jews in Jerusalem that didn't speak that language. This was just nothing short of just another miracle. So you can't say, well, this was just a gift of tongues. No, this is not the gift of tongues. This is just a miracle that God did on the day of Pentecost as all of these Jews were filled with the Holy Spirit and they started preaching the gospel in these foreign languages so all the people around that spoke foreign languages heard the message in their own native tongue, which is complete there if you read the whole text. That's why it's so important not to pull a verse out here and a verse out there. It's what is said before this verse, what is said after this verse, so we can put it all together. But now, getting back to 1 Corinthians 14, Paul seems to clarify what the true purpose of the gift of tongues are, which is a heavenly language. This is the gift that's available to those who ask, and it's just like any of the other gifts, you know, God gives them out as he sees fit. So that doesn't mean everyone can have the gift of tongues, but maybe many of you could have the gift of tongues if you simply ask. I know that I was, you know, being told about this gift of tongues, and there was this prophet that came up. I was in this kind of wacky church, so everything was wacky in the church. And and I remember this guy was going to come. He was going to pray for people, and people are going to get slain in the spirit. And it's interesting that you never see 
this thing called slain in the spirit ever demonstrated in the scripture. But yet all these people do this, they think the slain in the spirit thing. So, well, again, back then I was very immature in my face. So I'm like, I want to be slain in the spirit, you know, and, and it's basically some man of God would come by and put his hand on you and you just boom, pass out on the floor and just fill with the spirit, you know, I'm like, so I, I want that. So, I mean, I'm an 18 year old kid and this guy comes from Africa, and he had that really cool African voice, you know. Oh, he talked like this, oh, you know. And I'm just like, oh, this is the godly man. So it's like he's going by, and there's this whole line of people, and he's just, oh, they my Jesus. And then, boom, the guy hits the ground, and I'm like, Jesus. Boom, he's I'm like, yes, I just lay me out, you know. And he's coming, I'm like, yes, yes, Lord, just give me it all, you know. And he comes to me, oh, in the name of Jesus. And he puts his hand, and he starts pushing me, and I'm like, Okay, um, I want to be slain in the spirit. Like, I'm the willing vessel. Slay me all the way. But don't push me. Okay, so he's pushing me. And, and he's pushing me. And he's got his hand on my, And he's pushing. And I'm, I'm pushing back, you know. And I'm thinking like, okay, if God is going to do this, lay me out. Okay, but I don't want you to push me down. Okay, then finally he releases. And I, full, I end up in his lap, you know. I was expecting... The Holy Spirit just like, I'm going out on a cloud, you know. And it's like, wake me up tomorrow, you know. And uh, I'm going to start shaking because the Holy Spirit's going to... I wanted what was from God. I didn't want anything else. And I don't know why, you know, people are falling. And I asked other people, I go, well, why did you fall over? It's like, well, he's kind of pushed me, so I just went. You know, (laughs) I was just like, okay. But notice what Paul says in verse 2, that the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Now, this is very important. How many of you have ever been in a church where they've been speaking in tongues? Do you hear what he just said there? When you speak in a tongue, the heavenly language that God gives you, you're not speaking to men, but to God. That's a very important note to make. He said, our spirit speaks mysteries, at least to us, and all those that would hear us. Now, verse 4 says, the one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Did you get that? He edifies. That means you build yourself up. How? Because the Holy Spirit knows what we have need of more than we do. Have you ever been in that place where you're just kind of... Maybe you're overwhelmed, maybe, and you, you can't really put your finger on it. You just, your spirit's like just anxious inside, and, huh, and you just, you know, I'm, I've been like that before, and man, when you pray in tongues, it's like you're praying to the Lord, and your spirit is praying, and it's edifying you, because he knows more what you need than what you know what you need. Sometimes we're frustrated. Sometimes we're burdened. And it's beyond belief. And it's in those times that we can pray in another tongue. You know, and it's the spirit inside of us who's actually praying, who really know what the true needs are. How many times have we thought, well, I need this. We can sometimes think that we know what we need to fix our problem. But that might not be what we need to fix our problem. God knows what we need to fix our problem. That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 26, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself, he intercedes for us, groanings too deep for words. Wow. That brings so much insight to this. Some say this gift died off with the original disciples. Well, (laughs) I don't believe that at all. There's people that don't believe in the gifts today, and 
And they'll say things like that for two main reasons. Number one, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that the gifts are no longer there. The Bible doesn't say that. For Paul in this chapter is giving what? Directions, what? To the Corinthians that are, you know, way down the road from when Jesus, after he resurrected from the dead. And number two, I myself speak with tongues. Okay, so it definitely didn't die off. Some would say that this gift is available to everybody. Uh, I don't believe all can have this gift. You know, this gift is distributed by the Holy Spirit of God individually, okay, just as he wills. If you go to 1 Corinthians twelve eleven, where it lists some of the other gifts, God gives it out as he wills. Now, see, I've had different gifts before, and I've shared this before. Uh, I know that God gave me the gift of faith to buy this building when we didn't have any money. But there's been other times and incidents in my life that, you know, I didn't have faith. <laughs> it's like, I should have had faith, but I didn't. I was fearful and afraid of things. I didn't know what was going to happen. What's going to happen? And we're all going to die, okay? And it's like, but I didn't have gift of faith for that. But there's times that God gives a particular gift at a particular moment for a particular thing. And he gives them as he wills for his glory. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.